today's title, the message, it's either the crowd or the cross. The crowd or the cross. Mark chapter 4. As evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, let us cross to the other side of the lake. So they took Jesus in the boat and started out leaving the crowds behind. Although other boats followed. But soon a fierce storm came up. High waves were breaking into the boat and it began to fill with water. Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat with his head on a my pillow. I'm sorry, on a cushion. <laughs> Little plug for mypillow.com. Residuals and royalties towards the church, please. The disciples woke him up shouting, Teacher, do you not care that we are going to drown? They are accusing Jesus. Imagine being woken up with a false accusation. Woo, good morning, good morning. When Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and said to the waves, Silence. Another version would read, Peace, be still. Suddenly, somebody say suddenly. The wind stopped and there was a great calm. And he asked them, Why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? Here's the point. Here's the message for today. Leave the crowd and follow the cross. Let me repeat that. Leave the crowd and follow the cross. If you want to make it to the other side, the first thing we learned from last week, if you're taking any notes, you must be cognizant of the fact that our God is not afraid of the dark. He is not. The second point is, if you want to make it to the other side, you must be willing to leave some things behind. If you want to make it to the other side, and there is another side, there is another side to whatever we're going through. There's another side to this COVID-19 pandemic called the John 3.16 revival. There is another side to this angst full of discord and hate. It's an awakening driven by unity and love. There's another side to your depression. There's another side to your anxiety. There's another side to your financial malaise. There's another side to your brokenness. There's another side to your divorce. There's another, there's another side to your sadness. On the other side, you, this is not your permanent side. First of all, you need to be aware of the fact and declare it and come to the acknowledgement that what you're going through is not permanent. It is not permanent. It is temporary. That you're coming out of this. There is another side to your current season. Your next is, you're now, you're next. They're not the same thing. Your now is not your next. And you're going through a process. But I assure you, if Christ is the center of your life, not only are you going to make it to the other side, you're going to rejoice when you make it to the other side. You're going to celebrate when you make it to the other side. Somebody say, on the other side. But if you want to make it to the other side, you must be willing to leave some things behind. Let's read it again, Mark 4, 36. So they took Jesus in the boat. He started out. They left the crowds behind. Jesus left the crowd behind. Jesus left the crowd behind. Jesus left the crowd behind. What are you willing to leave behind? Let's talk about this crowd. Some people can't live without the crowd. Some people are defined by the crowd. The world is hungry for men and women of God that are not driven by the crowd, but rather are driven by the cross. You're going to get this by tomorrow morning. We are either driven by the crowd or the cross. The crowd is the masses. It's the hype. It, it's, it's, it's being part of the majority. Oh, boy. It's, 
in your life, in your relationships, on your platforms, in the pages of your heart, head and hand, are you willing to leave the crowd and stand out? Are you willing to separate yourself from the crowd? Are you willing to be driven by destiny and not by drama? Are you willing to be moved not by what others say about you, but rather by what God already did for you? Beware of the crowd. Right now, the world is being driven by crowds, either one crowd or the other crowd. Sometimes we get lost in the crowd. Sometimes we get lost with the crowd. Sometimes we get lost because of the crowd. But therefore, there may come a day that in order for you to make it to your breakthrough, you may have to leave the crowd behind. And I would argue that day is now. In order for you to move forward, you need to understand that not all of your followers are your friends. Jesus, in order to make it to the other side, in order to incorporate, to activate, to unleash breakthrough and deliverance, he left the crowds behind. Are you willing to leave the crowd behind that always reminds you of the past instead of pushing you towards your future? Are you willing to leave the crowd that constantly tells you that you are a victim instead of revealing the fact that you are more than a conqueror through Christ our Lord? Are you willing to leave the crowd, the crowd behind that can handle the broken you and the mediocre you but cannot tolerate the bless you? Are you willing to leave the crowd in your head behind? The crowded thoughts that impede you from getting to your breakthrough. I'm here to tell, I sense an anointing on this. It's either the crowd or the cross. It's, it's either comfort or conviction. It's either pleasing the masses or worshiping the one. But I believe there is a group of men and women rising up that are willing to say, we're going to stand up and stand out. We... God is looking for a people that will not march according to the rhythm of cultural pied pipers who can throw us through hype and through hysteria, through ideologies and worldviews that run counter to the agenda of truth and love. God is looking for people that will say, being part of the crowd is easy, but I wasn't born for easy. I wasn't born for easy. I wasn't born. Being proud of the crowd is comfortable, but I'm not here to be comfortable. I'm here to change the world around me for the glory of the risen Christ. It's that individual, that person, who will stand up and stand out. What, what we leave behind will determine what we acquire ahead. Let me repeat that. What we leave behind will determine what we acquire ahead. Boyd, the world is full of just crowd hysteria right now about a myriad of subject matters. But man, God is looking for that one person that says, this is easy. But I'm not here for easy. There's another side. And for me to make it to the other side, I'm going to have to leave this behind. And you start stepping out of the crowd Throughout scripture, there are vivid examples of individuals who were willing to leave the crowd behind. Moses left Pharaoh's crowded house because he saw an injustice that compelled them to act. The three Hebrew boys left behind a crowd of Nebuchadnezzar statue-worshipping adherents because they were determined that the only one that we received, the only one they would bow down to would be the God of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and Joseph. 
you got to be willing to leave the crowd behind. you got to be willing to leave the past behind. You have to be willing to leave the old you behind. I'm preaching to at least five people right now. Are you willing to leave the crowd behind? Are you willing to leave the past behind? Are you willing to leave the old you behind? Let the old you suffocate with the crowd, but the new you is moving forward in the name of Jesus. The new you is going to the other side. The new you will not tolerate mediocrity. The new you will not tolerate just surviving. The new you wants something more. The new you wants more of Jesus, more of his grace, more of his truth, more of his love, more of his glory. What are you willing to leave behind? Philippians chapter 3. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it on my own, but I do one thing, forgetting what lies behind. And straining, pressing forward to what lies ahead. I press on to the other side. Towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Isaiah 43. Remember not the former things. Nor consider the things of old. Behold, I do a new thing. 2 Corinthians 5.17. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new. The old has and the new has come. Luke chapter 9, verse 62. No one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. God is looking for a group of people that stop looking back, that stop thinking back, that stop acting back. If you are obsessed with the past, you will never occupy the future. If you are obsessed with the past, you will never occupy the future. Let me say it again. If you are obsessed with the past, if you live in the past, if you operate from the past, if you give from the past, if you love according to the past, if you trust or don't trust because of what you went through in the past, you will never occupy the future. But I have great news. Let not your heart be troubled. The God that is with you right now is the God that will put the past underneath the blood and will push you towards a future that cannot and will not be stopped. If you're ready to leave the past behind, if you're willing to leave the crowd behind, and more importantly, if you're willing to leave the old you behind, give them the best praise you've given him in the past three months. Anybody ready to step out? Anybody ready to leave the crowd behind and the old you behind? Anybody ready to leave the past behind and step out? Raise your right hand and repeat after me. Dear God, I am willing to leave behind whatever impedes me from getting ahead. In the name of Jesus. Here's a portion few people have even focused on as it pertains to this passage. Ready for this? We read it. It says, Jesus leaving the crowd behind. But watch the other part. Very, I've never heard anyone preach about this, actually. In all my, it says, but other boats follow. Oh, you missed it. Oh, I know you missed it. Let's do it again. It says, leaving the crowd behind. And then it says, in parentheses, but other boats follow. There are people that want to follow you but won't follow you until you leave the crowd behind. Did you, did, they get, did you get that? There are people waiting because your job is to make disciples. Your job is to come to Christ and then disciple others to come to Christ and then disciple others to come to Christ. 
But uh, people, there are people waiting for you to leave the crowd behind. The moment you step out, there are people saying, I was waiting for that moment. I was waiting for you to come out. I was waiting for you to step out. I was waiting for you to abandon that thing. And now me and my family, we're going to follow you because you're following Jesus. Oh, man. There are followers waiting for you to leave the crowd behind. There are people that you will disciple into the kingdom, but, but it requires you to leave the crowd behind. Conversely, there are people that will not follow you until you leave the crowd behind. Ah, leave the crowd behind. Leave the crowd behind. Leave the, I have decided to follow Jesus. And following Jesus requires you to leave the crowd behind. He owed you the past. Let me finish today with this point. Next week we'll continue. Storms are a confirmation that you are on your way to the other side. Let me repeat that. Storms are a confirmation that you are on your way to the other side. Let me read the passage. Make it legal. But soon a fierce storm came up. Jesus is on the boat. High waves were breaking. Jesus and his disciples were on their way to the other side, and all of a sudden, a storm came up. First of all, permit me to bring clarity as it pertains to types of storms. There are storms that we create via our own actions, interactions, and reactions. Not every storm comes from the pit of hell. There are storms that we create through our own drama. I once said on more than one occasion, there may come a day where the, where the devil may sue you for defamation of character because you blame him for absolutely everything and there is stuff that he's responsible for and he takes advantage of everything negative but in a, in a legal court he will look at you and go that was all you man <laughs> that was not me that's all you storms there are storms that life creates as a result of the fallen nature of creation and then there are storms that hell creates that is spiritual warfare for the purpose of disrupting, distracting, and darkening your journey to the other side. Three types of storms. And let me paraphrase. There are storms that will come to you because of who you are, because of what you do, or because of the people that surround you. Interesting note. Jesus was on the boat. And the storm still came up. I'm going to repeat that. Jesus was inside the boat, and the storm still came up. So, the, so when they tell you, when you go to a place and they tell you that if you have Jesus in your life, you will never go through a storm. Please don't drink the Kool-Aid. When you hear one of, one of the TV preachers tell you, and I'm one of them, but I'm one of the, maybe that's the other side. So when you hear a TV preacher tell you, if you're a Christian, you're never going to go through hell. If you're a Christian, the enemy will never attack you. If you're a Christian, storms won't come your way. You even hear some guys say, oh, if a storm comes your way, there may be hidden sin. There may, I'm going to tell no, if a storm comes my way, it may very well be that I'm on my way to my greatest breakthrough. I'm on my way to my seat. I'm on my way to see my family saved. I'm on my way to see my healing. I'm on my way to see my deliverance. I'm on my way to see the chains fall off. So Jesus was in the boat 
and the storm still came up. Y'all missed it. The storm still came up and the creator of the universe in the flesh, God incarnate, the Messiah, was in the boat. The most important question is not what's in your wallet, it's who's in your boat. Because I would rather be with Jesus in the middle of a storm than with the crowd on the shoreline of complacency. I would rather be with Jesus in the middle of the storm than on the shoreline with a crowd of spectators. Having Jesus in your life does not guarantee a life without storms. Having Jesus in your life does not guarantee a life without issues. Having Jesus in your boat, in your life, in your purpose, in your destiny guarantees, according to scripture, that at the end of the day, all things will work together for your good. Romans 8, 28, all things. Somebody say, all things. All things. Say it like you believe it. Repeat after me. God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. Do you know what you just said? That God is making everything work together for your good. Did you get this right now? Let not your heart be troubled. If Jesus is in your boat and you're going through a storm, you will make it. If Jesus is the Lord and Savior of your life and you're going through a storm, you will make it to the other side. If Jesus is the center of your existence, your purpose, and your destiny, not only will you make it, but everyone in your boat will make it. What do we do with storms? We either rebuke or go through them. Sometimes getting through is the victory. Y'all didn't make it. Y'all didn't hear that. Sometimes getting through is the victory in itself. When I grew up, and as a little boy, and I mean a little, little boy, how little was I? This little when I was a boy, hence a little boy. When I was a little boy, there was a movie that came out, and I was just a little, little, mm-hmm. And the movie was by a guy named Sylvester Stallone. And the movie was called Rocky. Rocky is an old school movie. And it's counterintuitive because at the end of Rocky 1, Rocky doesn't win. He doesn't win. But he made it through the fight. Where the audience and everyone else who saw it, even though Apollo Creed may have won, but Rocky's the actual winner. Sometimes getting through, just getting through the storm makes you a champion. You may come out out bloody and wounded and and just discombobulated, but you made it. Some of you are here right now. I'm here to tell you, you've been through a process. You've been through a storm. You didn't get the recognition and the accolade, but you are a champion because you survived, because you made it. Other people did not make it, but here you are. Are there any survivors in the house? Are there any survivors? Have you made it through something? If you've made it through something, I want you to lift up your hands. Praise like a survivor. Worship like somebody who made it through something. By the grace of God and the word of your testimony. By the blood of the Lamb and the word of your testimony. Let me ask you to stand with me if you're in one of our campuses. And if you're at home, let me encourage you to stand with me right there. I'm animated this Sunday morning, as you can tell. And I haven't had any coffee yet. I am excited about the reality that when he's in my boat, he signed a contract. As long as he's in my boat, I will make it to the other side. That's the guarantee. Storms. There are storms that we can rebuke, and then there are storms we have to go through. 
The apostle Paul, Acts 27, 28, he went through his storm, went through it, shipwrecked, lost it all, but no one drowned. He made it to Malta, and then he made it to Rome, and that's how we got here today. Do you realize that because you're going to make it out of your storm, there are generations that will follow you? That will say, I made it here because my mom, my dad, my auntie, my uncle, my great-grandparents, my grandparents survived by the grace of God through the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. If you think it's just about you, you're wrong. There are multiple generations that will follow you that will be impacted by your testimony and by what you overcome. If you got this word, raise your hand. I, I, as you stand with me, the final, final, final point. This time, I'm not kidding. It's, it's a little bit of a heart. If you want to make it to the other side, you have to fully acknowledge the fact that our God is not afraid of the dark. If you want to make it to the other side, you have to leave the crowd behind, the old you and the past behind. If you want to make it to the other side, you need to be cognizant of the fact that if Jesus is in your boat, you will make it in spite of all of life's storms. And here's the final point. This is kind of hard. Stop accusing God of not caring. Stop telling. This literally happened. He was sleeping at the back of the boat. The disciples woke him up shouting, Teacher, do you not care? You don't care. We are about to drown. And you don't care. How many of us have accused God of not caring when we have been in the midst of our corresponding storms? In one way, maybe the verbiage may have changed the wording, but de facto or de jour, somehow you accuse God of not caring. You actually have the audacity. Oh, I'm going to admit it. Samuel Rodriguez has accused God on occasion. Of, Where are you? That's equivalent to don't you care. tell you what Jeremiah 1 says you will go through storms and you will go through adversity and things will try to fight you Jeremiah says they will fight you but they will fail for the Lord says I am with you and I will take care of you I the Lord have spoken Jeremiah 119 Matthew 6 26 look at the birds they don't plant or harvest or store food in barns for your heavenly father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? If God cares for the sparrow, how much more does God care for us? 1 Peter 5, 7 says, casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Lift up your hand. I'm here to tell you right now, he cares for you. 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 Has said, does he care about my personal needs? Absolutely. Does he care about what I think? Yes. Does he care about what I'm going through? Absolutely. Then why? He cares. He loves you. And on this day, he's speaking to you right now. He meeting the Spirit of God through the Word of God is speaking to you right now. And God is telling you, I love you. I have a purpose for you. I have a plan for you. And it's not to harm you. It is to prosper you, to bless you, to give you a hope and a future. 
God is telling you right now through his word and spirit, I care for you. I love you. Give me your life. Give me your heart. Even give me your worries and your concerns. I'll take care of the rest. Trust me. Trust me. Even when you can't trust yourself. Do it right now. Heavenly Father, we unleash this word because we believe by faith through Christ that we are crossing to the other side. Dear God, in Jesus' name, I ask you through the working of your Holy Spirit to touch every heart, mind, body, soul, and spirit. Annihilate the works of the enemy. Annihilate even our own self-constructs that impede the fullness of your grace from being revealed. Right now, we ask you to show up with salvation. Show up with deliverance. Show up with healing. Show up with breakthrough until it overflows. In the name of Jesus, make all things work together for our good who are called according to your purpose who love you. In Jesus' name, amen. If you come in agreement with that prayer for you and your family, say amen and amen.